Oh, I've got that familiar feeling again. It must mean I'm feeling better. Ladies and gentlemen, that's right. It's time for another episode of the Bitter Bistro Podcast. Oh, I am excited about this podcast. I'm your host, Joey Rockenstein, a.k.a. Bitter Party of One, with another delicious episode for you. Tonight's reservations include none other than Jen Ferraro, ladies and gentlemen, in the studio. And sitting next to Jen, another guest, another favorite, Joe Kelly. Yo. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Ah, you look good and, I might say, very bitter. Oh, well, you know. Goes to the territory, Exactly. Well, here's how we roll on the Bitter Beast Show. Let's get started by how you got sucked in to the vortex of the service industry. Jen, you look like you're wanting to go first on this. First job in the service industry, go. Um, I was 16. I've actually never had a job in any other industry. I just love it that much. Um, <laughs> a lot of sarcasm. I, yeah. I worked two days because the lady was really, really mean, and she made me clean the bathroom. So not only was I waiting on the tables, but my hands were covered in people's shit. And so I just avoided it. Yeah. I, I never quit. I just never came back. <laughs> and then somehow I ended up working at a Denny's, which when I look back in retrospect was really, really fun. Like doing whippets and... <laughs> Denny's is always right. hiring. Always. They refuse you an application either. I dressed up for the interview and everything. <laughs> Where was, it, where was this at? It was in Boulder, Colorado. Colorado. Oh, I just gave it away. So you served a lot of moons over my hammies? I did. I did. <laughs> I had a lot of broccoli cheddar soup. It was good. It was good. But my boss at the time, I think, knew that somehow I was sucked into this industry. And he kept telling me, he was like, Jennifer, when you move up in this industry, you're really going to have to use a tray. This was like a big deal for him. You got to use a tray. Anywhere else you go, they're going to really, really need you to use a tray. I was like, hmm, okay. Like a tray for what? Like to bring the food or? To bring the drinks and like, you know, at Denny's. But at Denny's, they have those big oval trays. You, you like have the big banquet trays. You have the little ones too, but it's like you, you figure out how to hold like six Cokes in one hand and like, you know, you got it down. It's all like diner style, but to him it was really important that I learned this lesson now rather than later. Did you ever work the counter at Denny's? Because the counter seemed like it was like the optimal spot. To oh, be. yeah. I loved that. That was my favorite section. I had a, a guy actually tip me in weed one time. It was the same homeless people that would sit at the counter. And so I always kind of knew that I was going to get sucked into some really bizarre conversation right. about aliens or what have it, Who what have you. Really? Yeah. But the weed was like, I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> that's a ride. Thank you. And that's like really uh, like starting, I would say at a hard place right away aside from having the, the, the shit that you had to take care of in the first job but at <laughs> the Denny's, first two days I, of I, your career I, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean literally talk about a shitty experience hello <laughs> somehow it didn't deter me forever though I used to do crazy things at Denny's like I I was in love with one of my co-workers and so we would take our break together and he lived, like, down the street, so we'd, like, run down the street and go fool around and then come back and everybody would be like, where were you guys? We got so slammed. It was like, oh. We'd be, like, making out in the bathroom. And one of the homeless lady, she would, like, come into the bathroom and we're, like, hiding in the stall. Like, it was just, like, the best time to screw around. And I was, like, 17, 18 years old, so it didn't really matter. Right. I would never do that now. I like that. <laughs> Okay, when you said uh, when you went on break, you put on break in air quotes. Well, because we weren't really, well. <laughs> there was like no state regulated break period that you had to take in, in uh, Colorado? I mean, we did, but it wasn't, I mean, I guess it was a break, but it was like, I think break time, it's like, oh, you're supposed to sit down and, and have your discounted moons over my hammy, but we were like running across the street and like smoking weed and. Fornicating. 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 <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Little did they know. It was good stuff, though. <laughs> the weed. That's what I'm talking about. So <laughs> that was good stuff. <laughs> a restaurant with benefits. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very nice. Yeah. That's great. Well, let's go back over to Joe Kelly for your first job in the service industry. Uh, let's see. Uh, 16, myself, um, back in Philly. Um, outside of Philly, it was an old inn. It was called the Red Lion Inn, and it was freaking haunted. 
and it was an old stagecoach uh, place where people would stop um, and stay the night and eat and drink and everything. And supposedly George Washington stayed there. Well, we never saw you know him, but you know this was a while ago. But it's uh, but it was it was crazy because it was haunted. Some nights I would be uh, staying late and. We had like a back part of the restaurant and I swore there was somebody back there because it was haunted. A couple people had died in the place because it was so old. It was like 300 years old or something. And uh, eventually it burned down. But um, I learned just about everything there. I dishwashed. I bust. I cooked. I I cleaned. I didn't clean the toilets, but um, I, I used to flambe desserts. And the best part is I would always put way too much booze in it, and you're supposed to pull the pan back and set it on fire. I, like, burnt the ceiling <laughs> up. I lost my eyebrows once. <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I was there for about four years, and then I got another restaurant job from another place uh, that from a guy that I worked with there. So it was a good transition. But I've been in restaurants for almost... 35 years now so and it's kept me in it's kept me in money and food <laughs> I get my dry cleaning for free so it's good which is always good. nice like a lot of people do assume that if you work in a restaurant like you're always eating <laughs> or able to eat a lot in some places you are and in a lot yeah. of places you're actually not yeah, yeah. so and you're saying Red Lion so that's a pretty prominent hotel no no it was not pretty it was dingy a, hotel uh, it was an inn, and it was Italian food. The food was really good, but it was kind of old and dilapidated, but it was money. I made a lot of money there. So, But I did eat a lot, because we could go in the refrigerators in the back when the boss wasn't there, and, and he was Italian, and the mafia guys used to come in, and they were, it was like, you know, uh, like one of those crazy mafia movies that you would see, and they would come in like, yo, Where's Joe at? Where's your boss at? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, he was just here a second ago. And i go in the kitchen, and he'd be, like, running out the back door, you know, because <laughs> they were there to collect the money. And I'd have to go out, and I'm just this, like, 16-year-old kid saying, uh, he stepped out for a minute. He'll be back later. Tell him we'll be back. And, like, <laughs> I didn't know what the hell was going on. I didn't know what the mafia was. And then I find out later when I saw, you know, The Godfather, and I'm like, shit, oh, my God, I could have been, you know, shot or something. <laughs> It was good, though. Could have gotten a horse in your bed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I'm sure we've all had many, many experiences with customers throughout our illustrious service industry career. Right away, Jen rolls her eyes. <laughs> the great thing about this podcast, though, is that actually the three of us happen to work together together at a certain establishment here in Los Angeles, an undisclosed establishment. We'll leave it at that, but I'm sure a lot of your you listeners know which establishment I'm talking about because I may have blogged about it at thebeaterbistro.com or you may have heard me talk about it before, allegedly. <laughs> but it's a hotel. And we get a lot of hotel guests. And which, by the way, while I'm thinking about it, I would like to say that Joe Kelly coined the phrase holiday people. And those who are readers of my blog know I've written about holiday people quite a bit. And Joe, since you are here, would you mind giving us your definition of what a holiday person is. Holiday people are the people that you would not invite to your home during the holidays because they're pretty much butt fuckers. And the reason <laughs> they're rude, nobody wants them in their house, so they have to go out to dinner on the holidays, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, Christmas Eve, Easter, or Mother's Day. And... We, we've all seen them. They're, they're really beautiful people. But um, I've, I've seen too many holiday people even when they're not the holidays. But, you know. But, yeah, the holiday people, they're a fun bunch. You know. You, Fourth of July, who wants to go to a restaurant? You go to a barbecue. Right. These people are not invited to your barbecue. So <laughs> you have to go to no. a restaurant. Because they're so creepy. Put it that way. They were told the wrong address or exactly. that it was actually on a different day. Exactly. They said you're having a 4th of July barbecue on July 10th. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you on the 10th. <laughs> exactly. Bring the potato salad. 
always uh, an annoying bunch. And, and Jen, have you had this experience where you worked on holidays? I'm, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, I actually um, I used to. Because we have Labor Day coming up. Ooh. So uh, that could be another mm. clan of people who are going to roll through. Really exciting. Hopefully, I will not be working that holiday. It's usually on a Monday. Right. And I'm usually off. Oh, thank exciting. you, Jesus. I know. Exciting. I used to work at this place that was very famous for pies. What place? Uh, Maurice? Oh, you guessed it. Oh. So all of those holidays are really big. Thanksgiving, Mother's Day, Christmas, not so much for whatever reason. But everybody knew that Thanksgiving, you weren't going to see your family. You were going to see everybody else's shitty family. You were going to get yelled at by their mom, not your mom. There was always, like, a line out the door, too. And I always used to think, like, these people go out to dinner on Thanksgiving because they want to have that finite time that they're going to spend and be able to, like, oh, well, the desserts come, so I'm just going to go home now and and not spend any more time with you crazy people. <laughs> this was something that I didn't experience outside of Los Angeles, too. Like, Colorado. Maybe people are better in Colorado. I don't. I'm not saying that. You know, a fact. But have you ever he, thrown pies at anybody? Yeah. Tell us you threw some pies. I only ever threw pies at my coworkers. That was like our tradition. Like, oh, you're finally leaving prison. We'll throw a pie at you. And then of course, like when I finally quit three and a half years later, they had banned the pie throwing, so I never got any pie thrown at me. Son of a Kind of tragic. I was hoping for a little banana cream. <laughs> <laughs> and you were you refer to prison as uh, working in the service industry. Specifically, yes. that place. That Marie Count. Oh, yeah. Okay. I would have nightmares, like, every single night. Waitmares, where you dream that you're at work, and it just doesn't stop. There's too many people. They're all horrifying and obnoxious. Your boss is yelling at you for whatever reason. The hot water machine isn't working. I don't know. Whatever horrible thing that could go wrong goes wrong in your dreams. So I would have a terrible night at work, and then I would go home to sleep and have another terrible night, and then wake up and go back. And it was so horrible that after I quit that job, I kept dreaming about it for, like, five months. Finally, I'm free. But I think of it fondly sometimes. It's memories. Yeah. The people that memories. I worked with were, for the most part, good. It did attract some, like, some crazy people. We had a guy just, like, up and disappear because he was a meth head or, like, whatever. There's not um, really... A co-worker or... A, a co-worker. I thought you were saying, like, customers. Like, we just, we don't know where he went. <laughs> <laughs> no, co-workers. They just, like, they don't show up one day. And you're like, oh, well, I, I hope you're still alive. There was this guy that worked there for, since like 1984, little old man, that we had all just kind of assumed that he had to own stock in the company because we couldn't figure out why, after all that time, he would keep coming back. Like, why would you do that? For Why would you decide that this is the place that you want to work for the rest of your life? You could totally work at like a Ritz-Carlton or whatever and make way better money and not have to deal with shenanigans in the same way, but... He loved it. Kept showing up. Did you get discounts on pies or was it free pies? Discount. No free. They don't give away anything for free. That, like, that they know of. That, exactly. It was like <laughs> there were many pies that may have walked out the door. Right. Oh, come see me. I'm working the pie counter. I know it's your birthday soon. Jen's having a party and she has a lot of pies at her house. Yeah. I'm surprised I wasn't more fat because I definitely would eat pie straight out of the tin. If I would, like, if I would jack a pie, I, I wouldn't even, I'm not going to put it on a plate. I'm just <laughs> sitting in my bed eating a pie. Stolen pie. It tastes so good. Oh, my. What's your favorite pie? Ooh. Rhubarb. Rhubarb. Which makes me a little old lady, but <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Actually, my father-in-law is a big fan of the rhubarb. Right? Yes. It's so good. He really enjoys it. Now, let me ask you this. Did you guys, like, give uh, customers a hard time when they didn't return the pie tin? Never. Wasn't that part of it? Like, you had to bring back the pie tin, You don't, I remember. You wouldn't have to bring back the pie tin, but you got... Like, like five the, cents or something? Yeah, it's like 50 cents off, like, the bottle deposit, basically. But sometimes we were only allowed to accept up to 10 pie tins when you came back to get pies. Because... 
for whatever reason, people would come in with these huge stacks of pie tins, <laughs> and you'd have to count them, and you're like, oh, you got more than ten. It's like, how many pies do you eat? How long have you been saving these tins for? Right. Some of them are rusted, and you're like, well, I guess we'll but, accept this. You can't use that. Yeah. Which I kind of don't understand why we would reuse a pie tin that's been in somebody's home anyways. Like, your dog could have been eating right. out of that. It's a good way to get E. coli or something. Exactly. exactly. Pie tins come back with bullet holes in them. Hole! <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of waiting dreams, like, that's something that's I think happens to a lot of people working in the service industry where I know I've woken up sometimes and uh, just like, oh, man, I forgot to bring that Cosmo to that lady. Yep. Oh, she didn't even say anything. What an idiot. <laughs> didn't she want it? I've always wondered that. Like, that's happened to me more than once. I'm not saying it happens all the time, but we wake up in a cold sweat and you're like, oh, my God, I forgot her butter. <laughs> Then you just keep thinking that the woman went home, like, super upset, crying about the fact that she never got her butter. But but why did they never say anything? I would I would much rather have you point out the fact that I forgot. It's well, not going to haunt me. I don't understand when people say, you know, oh, I want a cup of coffee with my dinner. And I always say, you know, well, remind me when you want me to bring that for you. Because sometimes you forget you're do, doing other things, you're walking around, and then all of a sudden you're like... You never brought me my coffee. Well, you didn't remind me. You're 72. You knew you wanted coffee. I didn't, I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> you know. You're just sitting there stewing the whole time. Yeah. Oh, this, this motherfucker is going to forget my coffee. Then I'm going to give it to him at the end. It's like, just get your coffee and be happy. Right. It's like I had like an older couple actually today at lunch, and they ordered dessert and espressos. They're older, so of course they, they want their espressos, you know, very hot, which is like um, a label that a lot of old people get their hot drinks that are already hot. They want them extra hot. But they order the cheesecake, and the, the gentleman's like, you know what, here's what you do. You got it. Let the dessert come, and then bring the coffees, because that way the coffees come first, and they're going to, you know, cool off, and I mean, you know, you have to remake them. I'm like, okay, I'll do it your way. That's fine. You know, just trying to, you know, appease him. The dessert comes. And the next thing you know, he's giving me the little wave across from the restaurant, like, we know where our coffee's at. I'm like, you, you need to wait. You're the one that gave me these instructions. I mean, you, should I have written that down for you? <laughs> it's not magic. Right, hello. You know, I don't have it in my back pocket. But yeah, yeah, let me go get him out of the microwave. <laughs> you want it hot? I'm right. going to give you hot. I'm surprised you ordered espresso anyways. Doesn't he want, like, Sanka? <laughs> Decaf. You were telling me about... Uh, a waiting dream, but it wasn't really that. Was that like managing you in your dream, Joe, or something like that? Yes, yes. I, That's a scary thought for one. Yeah. I would never want to be. A Joey manager. was my manager, and he was one mean son of a bitch. And <laughs> I was swamped, and it was really dark, and and I had to get cream for somebody's coffee, and we ran out of cream, and I could only give this person a little bit of cream. And so I like poured the cream into the creamer, brought it out, and I'm running away. And he starts yelling at me because I put the empty container back in the refrigerator. And I said, I promise I'm going to replace it. I'm just really busy right now. And like, no, uh-uh, I think he was going to write me up and everything. And like the next shift I saw him, I said, you son of a bitch. You were so mean. You were my manager. What an asshole. Blah, blah, blah. You know, but that was just a, it was a bad dream. It was a nightmare. But I, I do that where I, I talk in my sleep. My wife's always saying, you're like, who is, who, who are you talking to about coffee? So, do you want coffee? Would you like coffee? Do you want coffee? And she's like, I'm asleep. And I'm walking around, do you want coffee? I wasn't walking, but I was in bed, laying there, you know, in my underwear, asking people if they want coffee, you know. That's like the ultimate nightmare right there, that we actually would be at work in our underwear with an apron. Probably that's like my dream. Well, listen, if it increases tips at all, I'll, all I'll do it. I don't care. I'll clean underwear right. fine. Yeah. Uh, one of the ladies that I work for actually told us to shorten our skirts, go get them hemmed. We all know why we're here. Your skirt's too long. Wear some eyeliner. You're a woman. Show up looking good. I was like, oh, okay. But I still haven't hemmed my skirt. Out of laziness. I understand that it would work. Wait, but the current outfit? The current Someone outfit. Someone told you that? Yeah, to, to have my skirt hem because it's too long. And it wasn't that uh, 
Pisty Misty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it was the promoter that told you that. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. what will happen is that you do do that, and then somebody from... Sovital is going to be like, oh, I'm sorry. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to come and be mad because my, my boobs are showing... And my skirt is too short. Well, such wasn't the case when it used to be uh, the Stone Rose Lounge, where that was quite an accepted attire to show a lot of cleavage and almost no hemline, and a lot of monkeys were showing. I remember, <laughs> I remember one. This is all right. I remember one uh, girl. Hey, Joe! Oh yeah. my God! Her monkey's hanging well, out. You know, this girl, we we said she was toasting her monkey. We said this fire pit out on the patio, and this girl. I don't know what she was thinking, but next thing you know, she puts her leg up on like the fire pit on the ledge of it and she's flashing her, her monkey's like talking to everybody in the restaurant <laughs> <outside>. so, wow <laughs> I think it was no. underwear but still you know he still was like oh my god <laughs> no wonder it's so it was so busy in there <laughs> right exactly I actually I had a guest come and tell me wow you're so lucky that you work here now because the girls oh man what they used to have to wear was so degrading towards women and I was like oh Okay, I never saw it, but she was, it, it was engraved in her memory how horrible their uniforms were. But what's funny is that all the guys from other departments of this alleged place will be like, oh, those uniforms, they were so much better. They were way better. I'm like, oh, I bet they were. I bet they were way better. They were better. They were better. I don't really care how cool I look at work. I know that, I know that the guests want me to look cool, like, at, at least in the bar, but I just don't care. And there are some girls that, that will wear, like, house slippers to work. I mean, I don't go that far, but that's just, like, a level of I've given up. Yeah, no. You don't pay me enough to wear heels. I actually have duct tape on my heels right now, because I don't want to go get new shoes. <laughs> well, uniforms are a huge part of servers and bartenders like all right for example my wife works at a restaurant and they're required to wear heels which is definitely against the the health code i'm mm-hmm. sure some labor laws but i mean they're wearing these heels and you know running around like crazy like normal servers do and i'm just waiting for one of them to slip and hurt themselves because it, i think it's just outrageous but i mean like, on the other side of it like they're trying to set some sort of image of what they want their female servers to look like. And I think that's what the Stone Rose Lounge was doing for a big part of that, especially with Cammy and her big cans, mm-hmm. um, which was to show a lot of girls, I think in a, almost like a pretty disrespectful way, but they're looking to make a quick buck. She didn't care. She no. was proud of them. She paid for them. They Why, were hers. Yeah, tips paid for tits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. I've been known to do that. <laughs> That's funny. There was a there was a girl that we were working with that would wear these like six inch platform stripper heels and just would like prance around in them. And my heels are not that tall. I wear them because they ask me to, but they're like two inches tall, like the shortest I can get away with. But this girl is, I swear to God, these shoes have been worn on a stage somewhere in downtown LA before. But when we would ask her, like, how are you capable of, like, walking around for eight hours in those shoes? She'd be like, oh, they really fit my arch. Okay. But then she did end up getting in, like, a little accident. It had nothing to do with her shoes. But something broke on her tray, and she got red wine in her eye, and she was crying, and it was a big disaster. And HR's solution to what had happened to her, having nothing to do with the shoes, was to tell her that she had to wear flats. Nothing to do with the shoes. She didn't slip. She didn't fall. It was like something hit her eye out of nowhere, and the problem was the shoes. Is this girl currently employed at her? She is not. She is no longer employed. Right. Okay, so this girl used to have a cloud following behind <laughs> her with her heels. Yes. 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 And I think we know who you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Does she happen to be vegan? She does happen to be vegan, and... Um, Nothing I... wrong with vegetables. <laughs> I like vegetables. I mean, eat your vegetables. That's... All moms say, but I uh, don't smell like one. (laughs) I at some point was kindly asked by an unnamed person to please talk with her about this cloud that was following her around. Because it had become so unbearable that it wasn't 
just her co-workers, but she couldn't be on the floor. She smelled so bad. And so my solution... Which would make it hard for her to do her job if she's not on the floor. <laughs> right. Well, maybe she just shouldn't have been on the floor to right. begin with, but that's a <laughs> whole other thing. Ding, ding, Hello. Hello. But my tactic was to look this up on the internet. I was like, how do I tell another person that they smell bad? Like, this has never happened to me before. you. You stink. Wait, and that is the solution that basically the internet said. It was like, you know what? You're way better off just telling her directly than, like, trying to beat around the bush because she just may not know. It, like, it maybe it's a health issue or whatever. She just has no idea that she smells bad. So I was like... In my car, driving to work after, <laughs> yeah, after having been told like, please, you have to do something. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt, but real quick, who uh, did management tell you that you had to talk to this person? Be- okay, yeah, we're not naming names, but doesn't that seem like something that a manager should talk to the but, employees? Okay, about? so let me tell you the reason why is because a criticism like this comes much smoother from a coworker than it does a boss. So when a boss is coming to you with, like, you smell bad, blah, 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 it seems like the end of the world. But if, like, it's coming from a friendly place, from somebody else that you're on the same level with, it's less traumatizing. And so that's why it was, like, you as her co-worker and maybe somebody that she looks up to, maybe just because I'm, like, three feet taller than her, but... I could see you turning around, putting a clothespin on your nose and saying... I have something to tell you. <laughs> I got really lucky, though, because when I got to work, I was like, oh, God, how am I going to do this? I, like, I was petrified. But I knew it had to be done just for my own sanity. But she happened to be in the locker room by herself. So that worked out really well. I just, I was like, I went up to her and I was like, you know what? We got to talk. I don't know if you know how to get your uniform dry cleaned. But we have a little bit of a body odor issue going on. And I just tried to be as like direct as I possibly could. And I tried to come from kindness. Because if it were me, I would be absolutely mortified. Right. And she was like, oh, well, you know, I'm vegan and I don't believe in deodorant. And I do bathe Obviously. every day. But she does like a dry scrub on her skin. She doesn't use like soap because it's bad for you. And she doesn't use, like, regular toothpaste. And I was like, oh, well, you know, they, they make natural deodorant. She's like, oh, it's too expensive. And that's when I decided that maybe she was living in her car. That's where I went in my mind. I was like, she's got to be living in her car or right. something. She's, like, plain crazy lady. But she was like, oh, thank you so much for telling me. And it's like, we tried to offer her, like, pieces of gum or mint before. But she just didn't catch the hint. And so me being totally honest with her about, like, this is what's going on. She was very grateful. And it seemed to kind of solve the problem for a minute, but I think she just didn't really care. Like, she was like, I like garlic. End of story. Yeah. Yeah, she smelled like Gilroy. Gilroy. Gilroy's that uh, garlic capital up north. Oh. You, you, go, you drive into the, into the town, and it smells like nothing, like everything's garlic. They have the garlic festival up there and everything. She kind of smelled like a compost pile. <laughs> so... She heard what you had to say, and did she find some solution, or did she just not... Well, what we did is I, like, broke out my bag of, like, tricks. I was like, here's some perfume, here's some toothpaste, here's some gum. Like, let's just take care of as much as we can right now. And she was like, oh, oh, this is what she said about her dress, too. She was like, "I, I don't believe in dry cleaning because it can make you really sick from the chemicals. So I was washing my dress at home, but the color faded. I didn't say this, and I was like, okay, so your solution was to just not wash the dress? That seemed like a better idea to you? I don't know. Mm-mm-mm. She was... Did she realize that even though she may get sick from the chemicals, she was making people sick from her fumes? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and she was very concerned. She was like, have you guys been talking about this? I was like, oh, no, it's just something I noticed. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want her to be, like, totally Everyone say Yeah. Right. <laughs> Actually, your boss called me and wanted me to tell you this. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she's, like, kind of comes from a European background, so maybe that's it, but... A lot of layers to this person. Yeah. A lot of layers. Very interesting. 
She kept asking me to hang out afterwards, too. I was like, mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it, it ends when you clock out. Yeah. That, that so one. The relationship mm -hmm. ends when you clock out mm -hmm. on that. But, you know, hats off to you, because that is definitely something that I, you rose to the challenge on that. Because that's something, one, that's hard to tell somebody that. Two, it's probably even harder that you had to be in the same vicinity as her to tell her that. <laughs> Joey, I have something to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Not be true. That's a one-time thing. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> We've all been talking about it. <laughs> My manager said that I had to tell you. <laughs> one thing that's interesting about uh, me and Mr. Joe Kelly over here is actually we've worked for the past seven years at this place. We helped open up the restaurant. But even before that, there was another restaurant called Cafe Del Rey in the marina. Uh, that we both worked at together, and Joe worked there for a long while. I actually worked there for a month before I was allegedly fired. <laughs> but Joe has told me some very interesting stories about some customers, oh, and I yeah. was wondering if you might uh, entertain us with a, a story about some seaweed salad. Okay, this is my mom's favorite. She's like, tell me that story again about that crazy lady. I mean, this is <laughs> the epitome of... Uh, crazy customer and this is what we deal with all the time in the service industry so if you think that we're lying about these stories or these we're making them up we're not listen up right here this one's gonna blow your mind I will never forget this story I worked with a friend of mine she was the manager and I was waiting on this table they seemed okay and this lady ordered this salad that we had it had seaweed on it and then it was topped with um crunchy anchovies where they would like pan saute them and put it on top so when she ordered the salad she's like I would like extra anchovies I said oh sure no problem so I had them put extra anchovies on them so when I served the food I gave her her salad and she's like oh, where's the extra anchovies and I said oh they're on there but I said if you want some more uh, I'll bring you some extra on the side so I go back and I go and I grab some more anchovies and I bring it out to her and she's like ah, excuse me this salad, it's not very big. And I said, well, it's an appetizer size salad. It's one of our appetizers. And she's like, listen, I don't want to have to argue with you. And, and I'm like, uh-oh. And I'm like, excuse me for just one moment. So I'm like, right away from the table. I see my friend that's the manager. And I go and I'm telling her got this lady she's having a problem with her salad i don't know what to do i've tried to make her as happy as possible she's freaking out i said can you help me as i'm telling the manager friend of mine what's going on the lady comes over and starts screaming at me you really pissed me off you you were arguing with me and i was like and i just went put my hands up and didn't say anything and my friend the manager says don't worry about it. i'll take care of this so I walk away, do whatever else I have to do, and my manager friend comes to me and says, what did you say to that lady? And I said, nothing. I told her the whole story, and she likes, like, the lady started cursing at her, crying, was, like, freaking out. She had to eventually ask the lady just to sit down, and she had somebody else wait on them. And she's like, don't go back to the table. I said, oh. Trust me, I won't. I don't want to. And the, another friend of mine that finished waiting on them said, oh, she was absolutely fine with me. I said, of course she'd be freaking fine with you. Because then she'd be like a freaking basket case to everybody in the restaurant. No, then we would ask, you know, call the cops and have her like escorted out of the restaurant. But that's sometimes when people, I understand when you want something, ask nicely. You don't have to be an asshole about it. But, I mean, I'll just never forget that story. The lady was fucking nuts. And all over some anchovies. Anchovies. Yeah. Where, where's that come from, you know? I think well, it was the way that you looked at her, not the anchovies. Come on, Joe. I, um, I mean, uh, to make the girl, the lady cry? <laughs> over yeah, a salad? <laughs> come on. I have no idea. Maybe she no was. Idea. That's a wide range of emotions to go through for some seaweed. For, yeah, yeah. She was exactly. probably really, really hungry. <laughs> mm, there ain't enough anchovies in the world for her then. Well, medication time, I think. Mm. 
And talk, not only crazy customers at this place, crazy managers as well at the Cafe Del Rey, because even though I only worked with that Lori lady for uh, a month, yeah, I'll never forget, like, why would a manager have her shoes off in the restaurant? I mean, what? it was disgusting. She would run around in the restaurant getting things set up. She didn't like to wear shoes, so she would walk around without <laughs> shoes on. She had the worst feet. Oh, God. She had the worst of everything. Right. She had, She was freaking psycho. Um, you would walk into work and you'd be like, oh, hi, Laurie, how you doing? She'd look at you, look away, and just do whatever she was doing or whatever. Wouldn't want to be bothered to talk to you. And then about half an hour later, she'd be like, oh, well, you, know, you know what I was thinking, blah, 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 this or that. And you're just like, what are you talking fuck about? you. <laughs> I mean... You could say hi. I mean, I'm not saying that I want to be your best friend or anything like that. But, you know, have show some manners and be polite to people. And she was just, she was a freak. I think she was bipolar or something. I know she had a, an alcohol problem prior and she never worked it out. But I don't see her no more. Hallelujah. She was very disappointed that she didn't get invited to your wedding. Oh, yes. Totally. Um... I worked with the the chef and this manager and friends of mine had come in to visit and we're getting married. Like me and my wife were getting married like two weeks and they're like, oh, you're going to go to Joe's wedding? And they turned around and said, we weren't invited. And I just smiled and walked away. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just because you're my boss, just because you're the chef at the restaurant that I work, don't mean I have to invite you to the wedding. I paid for the freaking thing. So mm -mm, no thanks. Maybe if she had said hello, you would have invited her. I don't think so. Maybe. But no, yeah, I don't... No. No, thank you. Did you invite any co-workers to your wedding? I did. How many? Uh, It was two ex-managers. One friend of mine, Dana. You know Dana. Mm -hmm. She worked with us at uh, at that hotel that yeah, we're when it was Simon LA. Yes, and uh, she was crazy. She was hungover the whole time. She could. She wasn't even going to go because she was so hungover. And they like peeled her out, you know, <laughs> threw her in the in the church, and she's at the at the reception like <laughs> she was all. She said that she had the flu, but I smelled <laughs> booze on her. She's a little bit of a party girl. God bless her little soul. She's still alive. She just, right. you know, she's not here right now. We miss her. It's but. interesting, though, when you have an event, like a life event like that, and everybody expects to go. And, like, everybody, I invited a lot of coworkers for yes. my wedding. and It was a wonderful event. It was a good time. Everybody had a good time. I would say Final. there's really only one person that I regret, regret inviting. But, I mean, you know, uh, those things happen. Um, you might enjoy some people's company outside of work. Inside of work, not so much. Mm-mm-mm-mm. But look at that. I digress. I want to shift gears a little bit here and talk about a subject, actually an article that I found on the internet because everybody knows that we work off of tips here in the service industry. Good tips, bad tips, 15%, 18%, 20%, whatever you want to leave us. Of course, we're appreciative of it. But there's one restaurant owner who decided that he wanted to run his restaurant without tips. It was a restaurant called The Linkery in San Diego. Basically, the article says, a couple of years after opening, opening the Linkery restaurant in San Diego, the team and I adopted a policy of adding to each dining in check a service charge of 18%, a little less than our tip average had been. We also refused to accept any payment beyond that service charge. If someone serendipitously slipped a 20 or two under a water glass, we donated it to a rotating charity of the month, usually selected by a staff member or patron. We made this change because we wanted to distribute the tip revenue to our cooks as well as our servers, making our pay more equitable. Servers and cooks typically make similar base wages and minimum wage was the same for both jobs, but servers kept all the tips, which could often mean they were taking home three times what the cooks made or more. In California at that time, it was illegal to distribute any tip money to the cooks. Recent court rulings in the Western U.S. have loosened that restriction somewhat. By replacing tipping with a service charge, we were legally able to redirect about a quarter of that revenue to the kitchen, which reduced the income disparity and helped foster unity on our team. And then it goes on to say, said that service improved 
the money that they made also improved because they weren't worrying about what they were going to get from each table. And also they weren't worrying about the so-called stereotypes for the different types of people who would come in who they knew maybe weren't going to tip as well. What do you guys think about having an included gratuity? First of all, let's put the shoe on the other foot. I would hate to think as a customer, but let's try this for one instance. <laughs> if you go to a restaurant that has an 18% included gratuity, are you okay with that? Or would you rather just leave the server what you think that they should get or what you normally tip? I think that personally, I'd be totally fine with it. It's like, great, I don't have to think about that. If something went terribly, terribly wrong, then I would have to discuss it with somebody else. But that never happens. That has never once happened to me where I didn't think the server deserved at least 18% because they're doing their job, I got what I needed, blah, blah, blah. But I, w I would never throw a fit over them saying, this is, this is the expectation that our staff is going to do... 18% worth of a great job. I think that's fine. Maybe I would leave more. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm fine with that. I think it's a great idea because I think that's pretty much what they do in Europe is that it's all automatically put into the check. You know, um, and if, if people want to leave extra, they can. That's right. totally up to them. Which, you know, for, for us that work in restaurants, a lot of them, if it's more than six people, you can put automatic gratuity on, which I think is great because sometimes you get kind of screwed if they just don't want to leave, you know, enough, especially if it's a higher check. Mm -hmm. If it's a $500 check, you, you're mm -hmm. expected to get at least, you know, half of that, 50 you know, $75 at least. You know, and some people just don't feel like tipping, but they certainly want their service. Yes. So, I mean, so I think that if it's set up the right way, I think it could work. But um, some people don't want to do it. But, I mean, it's I think it depends upon the individual. And that is a policy, actually, at some restaurants here in L.A. I know Delphine does that at the W Hotel. In Hollywood, they they say it on their website, and there's a little card insert on all their check presenters that says that a 15% gratuity has been added to all checks. You may leave more if you wish to, and there's actually an additional line for you to leave more. Um, but I applaud this restaurant owner too because it also talks about like, well, what if like the table didn't get good service? Like that, then what do you do? And the owner of this restaurant said, well, then we uh, we'd recommend that that person talk to a manager or email a manager, and then we can remedy that the next time that they come in. Mm -hmm. instead of just saying like no the person doesn't deserve the tip or you know which in some circumstances I'm sure you could just pull the tip off the off the check but that kind of like they want to have a continuity with you know keeping the 18% included for all checks yeah um, also in that article that you're speaking about said something about um, if a server does something wrong how are they going to get punishment who punishes people right. for right. If, if, if you make a mistake, you know, all you do is try to rectify it. So what are you going to do? Take take money away from them? Because, you know, they made a mistake. I could see if they were rude or something like that, but not if they made a mistake. Right. You don't punish people. At any normal job, if you make a mistake, like I'm an accountant, okay, I misplaced a number. It's not, it's not life or death. I'm not going to be punished I'll probably be talked to and I'll have to figure out exactly how to rectify the situation and I'll right. have learned my lesson but in no way am I being sent to a is my pay being docked because yeah. Yeah. I made a little mistake yeah. Yeah. I mean it, perhaps if I went crazy on a guest and I started screaming at them or slapped them across the face like, so you don't think that you should get a tip if you slap yeah. or go Maybe, crazy you know what if I slap <laughs> oh, somebody on, Jen. I am releasing my tip to the universe you can keep it if I slap you <laughs> but I don't think that punishing somebody in that kind of way of like taking away their money and their livelihood. That's like, that's so much control for a dinner. You're having dinner. Why do I need to like hold this over your head? Like, yeah. I will punish you if you forget right. my salt. Yeah. It's like Joe says all the time, like how hard is it to go out to have a good time? Yeah. Exactly. It's dinner. It's yeah. Like brain surgery. 
relax, chill out, have a drink, have fun. Like, what if you, let's say you're having dinner at your house with, like, a couple of friends or whatever. You plan this dinner party and, oops, I forgot, you know, the wine. Like, your friends aren't going to freak out at you and say that your friendship is over. Because just of, go to the corner liquor store and get some wine. Yeah, like, we can exactly. all figure this out to have a good exactly. time. That's why we're here. We want you to be happy. We want you to remember it and... And getting crazies. If we make a mistake, let us know. Yeah, just tell us. We'll we'll do the best to make it up to you. Don't hold it in. Don't curse. Don't curse. Don't cry. And and don't get irate with a manager. It doesn't work that way. Well, interesting that you mentioned cursing and crying and people looking to point out mistakes. Because it's time to go to one of my favorite parts of the podcast... Berating people who write reviews on Yelp.com. Yay! Everybody knows that I'm extremely anti-Yelp. Why? Because these people need to find better things to do with their time. Get a freaking life. And to write dissertations and supporting this website. Because it's actually hurting businesses. But not only hurting businesses, I say it's hurting society as well. Like this Yelper. It's Maria A. And you can find Maria's Yelp profile on Yelp, unfortunately. But it's Maria with an A. What does the A stand for? A-hole. Okay. (laughs) Maria writes, Very nice atmosphere. Oh, a positive comment to open up with. But the people here are very superficial and materialistic. If you're a minority like my friends and I, although we are the majority in Los Angeles, then prepare for discrimination by the white folks, including the staff. So right away she was felt discriminated towards, like the moment she walked in the door. And she can point that out. Like she just knows she must have like a discrimination meter that she can point out. <laughs> Maria continues, the straight bartenders act nice just for tips. Oh, but she can point so she can point out discrimination and straight bartenders just by looking at people. Which is fine. How discriminating. Exactly. (laughs) But believe me, once they are closed, expect rude behaviors from them, including getting yelled at. Because they want to go home. Right. You're not buying real estate, people. When the banks close, you don't get to out. Also, isn't there like legality involved in which you have to get people out of a bar at a certain time, depending on your liquor license? Like, you don't know. They may get like a... $5,000 $5,000 ticket are shut down if your ass is still sitting there after 2 o'clock. That's correct. Like you, Most places give last call at 1.30. That's so they can make sure that everybody finishes their drink by 2. So they don't want to serve anything else unless it's going to be like a shot or something you can down really quick. But drinks have to be out of everybody's hands by 2 o'clock or else you get fined if ABC yeah. is there. Yeah. Maria continues, My friend asked for a cup of water around 2 a.m when everybody was leaving, and got yelled at by the bartender. The same one who gave us that cute fake smile an hour earlier when we were getting our drinks. How dare they act friendly when you're up there. Uh, That's unbelievable. She must have been really thirsty. (laughs) The other bartenders just ignored it. BTW, the dance floor is always crowded, and you have too many people trying to hustle through. Oh, I'm so sorry that this place is popular. Yeah, I didn't know they still did the hustle. How <laughs> <laughs> they go there? I like that she can judge that everybody's materialistic and superficial as well. Like, how do you? How can you tell that by looking at somebody? Wouldn't you have to have like a real conversation? And I'm assuming if it's so busy that you can't walk around on the dance floor, the bartender doesn't have time to tell you about his Louis Vuitton. Like, how do you know that? Exactly. Yeah. And you couldn't get water before they were closed? If you really needed water, like you had time up until 2 a.m. to get your water. And the fact that you were sitting there stewing because you were discriminated against, I would have thought you would have left a long, you know, freaking time ago. Mm-hmm. And was there any relevance in this review that would tell you, like, oh, what kind of place this is? Is, is it good? You know, like, did, it do, did this review do any kind of service for the business or, like, if you were looking up to go to this place, what would you think? Well, I like to do the hustle, so I, uh, <laughs> I, I might go there. 
but I need to have water. I'm a thirsty person. But yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, the bar's closed. Get it's out. done. Just yeah. get out. You know, 7-Eleven's open 24-7. You know, go there, get a bottle of water. Don't forget about hose. Exactly. You know, I mean. I happen to know that there is a grocery store that's open until... I don't know, the wee hours of the morning, like right across the street from this establishment. Mm -hmm. You can get water. Mm -hmm. Oh, and there's like a line of cabs if you're too drunk to drive. That water isn't going to help. It's not going to help you. Just get in the cab. It's not going to help with the cab ride. Certainly not. No, but it's... (laughs) It's not going to help you sober up. Mm -mm. You're too far gone by the time you're asking for water. Yeah. Just move on. Yeah. Maria A. from Los Angeles, California, you got yelped. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been another episode of the Better Bistro Podcast. I want to thank my guests, Joe Kelly and Jen Ferraro. Joe, do you have anything that you need to promote? What are you doing nowadays uh, besides uh, waiting the tables? Uh, let me see. Um, do a little art, doing a little painting, doing some glass. Uh, it's keeping me busy. Artwork glass, not drugs. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. Uh, hit the beach. Rode the bike today, nice. keep it busy, all is well. <laughs> That's Joe's schedule, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Where can and, you um, find your artwork? Is it online anywhere? Or uh, Yes, Etsy.com. Uh, also, I'm with the Redondo Beach Art Group, and we have various shows throughout the year. And um, you can find out information. It's called Our Bag, Redondo Beach Art Group. You can go to our, uh, ourbag.com. Nice. And Jen, anything from you? What's going on? Uh, nothing to promote. Just living a good life, enjoying my time when I'm not serving your ass, enjoying your time. Well, and doing yoga said. too. Yeah, she, yeah, and she does yoga. That's great. <laughs> well, I have been your host, Joey Rockenstein, aka Bitter Party One. Again, I, I'm going to have you guys back on the show if you come back. I had a great time on this episode. All I can say is until next time, remember, servers don't pay their rent with compliments. Check us out at thebitterbistro.com. Good night. Bitter Party One, your table's ready.